Welcome in. It's the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network on a Monday morning. Loud and proud on Sports Time uh, 780 from the River Valley to your home, wherever that might be. Join now for a Monday morning quarterback with the man, the myth, the legend, Randy, Randy Whitehouse. Randy, um, gotta gotta ask you, gotta ask you, was that the most impressive Celtics win over the Blazers since Larry Bird had his last triple double in 1992? <laughs> you talking about the one where he hit the three pointer that wasn't a three pointer to send it into overtime? Oh yeah. I I remember where I was when I watched that game. I'm such a Larry Bird sycophant. In, in my in my apartment in, in Castleton, Vermont. Oh my, Castleton, Vermont. That's you know. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I didn't Castleton, Vermont. We'll go back to that in a second. But I was um, 14, and I was watching it on a color TV in my room for the first time. Because I had to move the black and white upstairs for my Nintendo. Like, I was the kid that played uh, Duck Hunt on his black and white uh, TV. Uh, Yeah, I actually, it was funny. I had one of those black and white TVs. And my kids get so mad at me when they're like, I can't believe my TVs. They never really complain about TV size or anything. But I'm like, listen, smartass. Yeah. Okay, this is what you've got. Yeah. You have an HD television in your room. Okay. Every one of you has an HD television in your room. Oh, my. We, I had a Quasar that I just got rid of maybe seven or eight years ago, okay, because it finally stopped working. I was, I was really sad to get rid of that one. I mean, that was the first color TV my family had had. And then we moved that one, and then I played Nintendo on that for, for quite a while, and then I moved it upstairs into my room, and it was played on, on black and white. I'm like, you don't know the struggle of playing right, a game on, on black guys. and white when you have to see the colors on things. Like, it's, it's not easy, so get over it. Uh, I have a personal rule that if I ever... Play Pong. It has to be on a black and white TV. I don't play it on color TV. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not a terrible idea. I'm thinking about doing a, a Tecmo a Tecmo Super Bowl uh, tournament at some point around here. I'm thinking about qualifiers, brackets. Oh, I'm in, man. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think celebrity celebrity Tecmo Super Bowl. I think that's the way to go. Tom is probably in, right? Yeah, Palmer would be in. Like, we'll have a we'll have a list of teams, and you're going to have to draw the teams. You can't just pick because everybody's going to be be the Raiders now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. don't want to be Bo Jackson. I, you yeah. know, I would love if I could do. If we could pick, I would be Christian Akoya's Chiefs. He's the underrated dominator. Oh, there we go. See, I would take San Francisco. I take the 49ers. Because Jerry Rice, when you get him the ball, is just as good as any of those guys. And if yeah. Roger Craig is healthy, he's fine. The problem with Roger Craig is he'll occasionally fumble like he did against the Giants. And he'll be like, boop, there it is. So I'll usually flip-flop him out for Dexter Carter, even though Dexter Carter wasn't at all good. But in that game, he was kind of speedy. You know, there's some speedy ones you could really think of, too. Like, you can take the 49ers. I think the Giants are a good team because Dave Meggett, you know, Back yeah. before he was the, a convicted rapist. The Oilers. Yeah, the Oilers were a good like, one. You know, with Jeffries on a fly pattern. Oh, you know, man. Every time. Oh, yeah. You Curtis guys. Duncan. Oh, oh yeah. Right. You, could go, you could go crazy with those things. Evan Smith wasn't that good in that game. You know who else was good in that game but doesn't get a lot of credit because the rest of his quarterbacks were terrible was uh, Neil Anderson for the Bears. 
Neil Anderson was another good one as well. But I think what we do is I think we just put everything in a hat. We put all the teams in there, and you have to draw one. And whoever gets that, that's it. You you have to take that team. And you can, the only thing I would do is I would allow people to change their playbook so you're not stuck with that stupid flea flicker play. Because all you got to do is go back there and dive and hit your quarterback, and you've caused an automatic fumble every time you've done that. Guys, I want to keep things in perspective. Yeah. My big deal was Space Invaders. Sp- <laughs> they, they just kept marching on, and you had the little controller, and you're just shooting them in, in a straight line, folks, in a straight line. There in were a no, straight there line. There were no graphics. There were no, no. No. Space Invaders. Space Invaders on one of those. Atari. Top ones. An old Atari. Yeah, well, an old Atari's good, but, but one, you know, when you go to the arcade and you had, like, the two-player ones on oh. the tabletop ones See, I never there. got to do that. Those were awesome. That was uh, when I was married, by the way. I, I never did that when I was a kid. Yeah, There yeah. was no such thing. No ColecoVision, you know. It's fine. It's good. What uh, you, you what Red Sox start this week? Are you at all excited about the Red Sox starting this week, Randy Whitehouse? Uh, yeah, well, I'm more excited about baseball in general starting. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing some. I mean, well, spring is coming, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. At and, some point. You know, also, you know, excited to see... <laughs> What, you know, Cora, you know, Alex Cora, what some of his managing, you know, styles and inclinations are. You know, you start to get a taste of that in real games instead of spring training games. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Randy, we were talking last week on the air. I like what Cora and the Red Sox have done this year with, uh, in a major league game, even though it's spring training, it, it's a game. You, you got to play by the same rules that you always do. So what they did was they sent their pitchers down initially, the good ones anyway, and they pitched them in minor league games because there are no rules like that. And so let's just say you want the pitcher to throw 45 pitches. So what you want them to do is get up, get down, you know, throw pitches, go in the dugout, throw pitches, go in the dugout, just like a regular game. So... He throws 15 pitches in the first inning, even if the count's 2-1 and one on the batter, the inning's over in the minor league complex. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go in and they come back out, they throw to 15 pitches. Or if you want J.D. Martinez to get a lot of it bats, he bats first in every inning. Yeah. I, I like that. that. To me, that makes sense. It's live pitching. It's, uh, it's constructive. You don't get a guy out there and he gets stuck in an inning and throws 26 pitches in one inning and then wonders why his arm's sore for a week. Uh, I, What do you think? I like the concept. I really do. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like it too, Dave. It's, it's all about getting ready for the season, preparing for the season. Um, you know, the, the other aspects of, of spring training, you know, whether it's simulating, you know, actual game action, actual – uh, trying to simulate actual regular season situations and all that, those come up a lot less, and, and whatever information you get out of them isn't quite as, as valuable as as you would normally get in a regular season game. So, sure. yeah, by all means, uh, you know, and, and who knows, maybe Major League Baseball will, will, will start doing it for the for the Major League games uh, if, if more teams start taking advantage of those of those minor league games. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, get get guys the at-bats they need, control the situations that they're in as much as possible, control the number of pitches that they're going to throw. Uh, 
yeah, all in favor of it. I think I think that's a good idea. See, Ron, Randy, Randy's on board. I like it. He likes that deal. I like that. You do. You you don't, however, get the situation that the pitcher faces the first time he faces the Yankees, and they hit three home runs in the first inning, and he throws twenty nine pitches, and you know you're going to face that anyway. But you don't face that during spring training. But, right. And so. you, you also, you know, you might face Greg Bird hitting a home run off you in spring training, but you won't during the regular season. Well, that is one hundred percent correct. Be because Greg now. Bird the facing him during the spring training. He's already hurt. I have changed the name of Greg Bird. He is now known as Nick Johnson two point Yeah, there you go. That is who he is because Nick Johnson was supposed to be the guy. The guy. He was going to be the next first baseman, and he failed so miserably that they had to go sign Jason Giambi to replace him, and that went swimmingly. So, um, yeah, I, I still I still look at Nick Johnson as the reason that Yankees uh, dynasty crapped out because that was when the Yankees went back into let's just buy whoever we need to instead of developing hey, guys. Why not? And, and that was that was the 2002. Like, oh, well, we reinvigorate it with some cash. And then they lost and lost and lost again. They won in 2009 by doing that, and then they never won another one until they started to go back and reinvest into the farm system. So, yeah, I firm believer that, that this is going to have to get taken care of. My thought, and it kind of reminds me of the 2003 Red Sox, because remember, David Ortiz didn't start that year as the Red Sox starting first Jeremy baseman. No. He had to platoon with Jeremy Giambi. And also remember, Mo Vaughn had to do some platooning in his MVP season of 1995 uh, with Reggie Jefferson over at first base as well. So yeah. sometimes it takes a while for these guys to, to break through. I think you're going to see a lot of Neil Walker at first base while Bird is out. I also could see Tyler Austin coming up and getting a shot and playing well. I could also see Mike Ford who you saw a lot last year in Trenton and played in Scranton, he could come up and get a shot as well. And if anybody catches fire, look, if somebody comes up and sees a bunch of fastballs hitting in between Stanton and Judge or could however they decide to do Spot it. Spot could be theirs. It could be theirs. The way Gregorius has hit this summer. Do they have much money tied up in Bird? No, no, there's not a lot of money there at all. But, I mean, they've still got $12 million before they hit that, that cap, and they're still they're going to have to add a pitcher before the deadline. Maybe someone in the bullpen, maybe, you know, because there's injuries. I mean, but regardless, you're going to have to get something there. At some point, somebody's going to come on the market. Maybe Cole Hamels. I could see them making a deal for Cole Hamels before the deadline. Is he bringing his wife with him? I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope uh, I hope AJ McCarron She'll is a friend popular. of his. She'll and be popular hopefully in they New come York. along too. You she know? will be popular and in New York. And that would be fine. You know, if that happens, so be it. But I, I could certainly see that. But I, I don't see them going after anybody like that. I see them going after, like, you know, one of those guys. Kind of like what they tried to do with Chris Carter last year, but Chris Carter decided last year was the year that he could not hit a bas- uh, baseball anymore. So, that you know, the best. That, and, that, and that's what happened. They got nothing out of first base last year. So if, if they get anything out of it this year, they're good. I think Gregorius is going to improve. He's had a great spring. I wouldn't be shocked if they put Gregorius in between Stanton and Judge and let him start taking the hacks because I'll tell you, there's worse guys that could be hitting in between them. And I still think the, te- the guy who's going to have the best year this year of it, anybody on the Yankees offensively is going to be Gary Sanchez as long as yeah, he stays healthy. Yeah, you said that for a week or so. You know the one the one thing that I caution about the Yankees because uh, the lineup scares me is they are going to strike out a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the way it is. They, those big power hitters they go through those spells. Look at Judge last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went through spells like he couldn't even find the baseball, let alone hit it. So, you know what you hope is if you're a Yankee fan is that those guys in between, 
spark some things and you don't leave a lot of guys on base and so on and so forth. I don't think they're going to be as stagnant on the base paths this year because I think because of sure. Girardi being gone. I think yeah. but the one thing that drove me nuts about Girardi for years is, oh, well, we'll have to, we got to put Ellsbury and, and Gardner up at the top and, you know, because they're, you know, they do this and they set the table. Well, that's great. You, you set them up first and then you don't let them steal bases. You know, yeah, you don't let them much. run. You don't use hit and run. You don't do anything like that. If you do that, that's, you know, that's not working. There are a lot of day-to-day decisions that Girardi made that used to drive me absolutely bonkers. And Yankees fans that I'm close with that know the game felt the same way. And it was nice to see him leave. I'll be interested to see what Boone does. I'm going to be real interested to see how much of uh, how much slack Cora gets with Red Sox fans this year because they hated John Farrell so much. That if the first game that Cora mismanages, are they going to say, oh, well, you know, at least it was there. You didn't have a lot of that when Terry Francona took over for Grady no, Little. No. You know, you didn't have anybody well, say, Francona, oh, you're going to go back to Grady Little. You know, it's exceptional. There's no question. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I, I think they'll give him a little bit of rope, but, but there's I've never been a, a Red Sox manager in my lifetime that hasn't eventually been over overrun by, you know, expert uh, <laughs> baseball managers in New England. There's there's no other place like it for that. And, you know, they, they did it with Francona, calling him Francoma and all that stuff. They didn't they didn't know a good manager <laughs> when true. they yeah. did. Yeah. How's he looking right now? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I'm actually picking the Red Sox to win the division, and I'm probably being a little too optimistic, but... I think I think their pitching is going to be going to be pretty good this year. I think for both teams, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think I think the Yankees definitely are going to have to get another arm down the stretch. And uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if if they take a little bit of a step back this year. The the, the, the they've built this thing up the right way, and, and they're going to contend for a long time, but. I don't know. It's a, a lot of times teams get, uh, you know, get kind of frisky one year and 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 have a uh, unexpectedly good year, and then sometimes take a step back the the following year, and then become consistent winners. Um, and you know, even it, it doesn't matter. Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, it doesn't matter. Houston's the best team in the American League, and I think they're gonna win it pretty easily. This year, and I, I think I'm, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I think they're going to play the the Nats in the World Series. I think Washington will finally figure out how to win a a, a couple of postseason series and, and finally get to the World Series. So I I like what their new manager did. I it's kind of he's taking a tongue in cheek. He had he brought camels to spring training yeah, to get over the hump. Not I cigarette. thought we don't mean cigarettes. I thought that was a great idea, bringing camels to get over the hump. I love it. Yeah, I, I think you know, not having Dusty Baker as, as the manager is gonna help help that team loosen up quite a bit and and uh, you know start to to realize its actual potential. And <laughs> I think Bryce Harper is gonna have a monster year, and uh, you know their pitching is, is obviously great at the top. So, yeah, that's that's my pick anyway. I don't know what you guys think. You know, I, uh, you know, haven't really thought about that, but I think uh, I think out in the West, I think 
I really everybody's going to talk about the Angels because they got Otani and right. and they did all this other stuff. I think they're going to win it, but I don't think they're going to win it because of him. I think they're going to win it in spite of him. I think the West is atrocious. I don't think Texas is that good. I don't think Seattle's that good. Sorry, Aaron Morse. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, Seattle's had multiple chances to get there. Like I thought last year was the year they could have done it. You know, they 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 could have been there. You know, they could. In terms of like challenging the Astros, I don't know who's gonna. I, I don't know who from that division is going to do it. Like. I look at the Houston Astros similarly to like how I look at the Patriots. They beat the crap out of their AFC East opponents, okay, and they go five and one, four and two, five and one, six and zero, oh, and then they, you know, they move on, and that's the key. I think the Astros are going to win that division by about four hundred games. I think a lot of people are on the Twins bandwagon for the Central. I think anybody could win that division or, or get the wild card out of it. Cleveland could do it, but eh, you know, I probably Cleveland. I, I, I'm going to guess at this point you're going to have. I think the Yankees win the East. I think the Yankees last year, people don't realize, like, as good as they were last year in finishing behind Boston, they were two games away with just Girardi stupidity and, like, the Devers home run of winning the division. So that was, and that's, and that's a two game swing. That's a major swing. So, and you're also looking at the fact that I don't think you're going to have the, uh, the, you know, if Aaron Judge stays healthy, I don't think you're going to have as long of a slump from him. I think the Stanton move actually allows that offense. It gives them more guys. Like last year, the problem was you only had so many guys who could carry the offense for a week or two if somebody was going was hurt. It really was bizarre to me last year that the Yankees' offense never really clicked all at the same time. Like Gregorius would be hitting well, but Judge wouldn't be hitting well. Judge would be hitting well, but Sanchez wouldn't be hitting well. Sanchez would be hitting well, and then Gardner would be on a slump. Like it was always, and those were the guys that uh, they never really complemented each other. I think this is the year they kind of get that done. I think that bullpen is as deep of a bullpen as I've ever seen in terms of health. Even if a couple guys get lost, they still get guys on the Scranton shuttle that can come up and do a few things. So I think they win that, not because, you know, I don't think they're insanely better than the Red Sox, but I think they'll be better. I think they'll just be a hair better this year. I still don't think, I still think the Red Sox could, could win the wild card and, and, and get into the, the ALCS and get into the World Series. I mean, if you have a series where it's set up where Price and Sale are healthy in pitching and Pomeranz comes in and can pitch or Porcello, I mean, you know, if those guys are all like just pitching to their standard, they don't even have to pitch above their head, they're going to be all right. But I, I think Yankees, Indians, Astros, and I think your last two wild cards are the Angels and the... Um, the Angels and probably the Red Sox. So I'm not. I'm not going to say you're going to miss Girardi. I'm not going to go so far as to say that by the end of the season. But I think you're going to appreciate him more by the end of the season. Oh, I totally appreciated him for what he was, but I think it just. <laughs> I don't. Th- my my whole thing with him though, Randy, was I don't think he was the guy for this team. You know what I mean? And I don't no, mean that's that. Fair. I I can see. That. How I don't, long was he there? He was there for like ten years. I mean, it it, it changed. He went from. You know, he went from taking over for Joe Torre, everything was lax, to be in the disciplinarian. You know, Boone's probably is definitely not like that. I think he's a little bit more of a player's guy. I think you need that sort of guy right now. I think you need that Brad Stevensy coach, you know, that Greg Popovichy coach nowadays. You know, you're even seeing Belichick. I think Belichick is like that off the scenes, but in front of the scenes, he's definitely not like that. You know, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I see that. I think the the Dodgers uh, make it back again this year. Um, I think they beat the Nationals again, and uh, and they get in. So I would I would probably go uh, Nats, 
and then in the central the Cubs. So I think you're pre- pretty much gonna have the same the the same people: uh, Nats, Cubs, Dodgers, and then I think your wild cards this year, which could be totally and and your your two wild cards. I'd go Colorado and the Mets. Yeah, the wild cards in the National League could be Arizona. Out of the hat. Oh yeah. Yeah, you could totally you could you could put those in a sombrero and just and just pick whoever you wanted out because it could be anybody. <laughs> You'd have the same odds, you know. I mean, nobody was picking uh, Minnesota to do anything last year. I know. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to meaningful baseball games. You're looking forward to baseball because it means spring is coming. Yes, it does. It does. Hey, I, I want to before before we conclude here. I want to know your. Your reasoning for wanting OBJ on the Patriots. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I want OBJ on the Patriots. I thought Brandon Cooks last year was a serious disappointment. I think serious disappointment. Ser- Are you kidding me? Maybe not. Are you kidding me? Maybe not serious. Let's just say he did not deliver what he should have. And there's. He could have done a little bit more, and also most of his yardage last year was from pass interference penalties, which is great, but if they start changing pass interference penalty rules, that kind of limits his value a little bit. He's not, and you saw it in the Super Bowl, he's a baby giraffe on skates when he gets inside. He has no field awareness. Like, he got clocked multiple times. OBJ is totally different. He knows where he is. He gets down. The only two times he's gotten hurt is when he's gone up too high, and they've gone after his foot. Like, he, he doesn't get, you don't see him leaving with a concussion. He gets down. And I, to me, that's just as important as anything nowadays. You want to be a hero, be a, be a hero. But him and Brady have a social media love fest going on. And I could see OBJ really blowing stuff off in this offense. He's talked glowingly of Belichick before. Belichick has spoken glowingly of him. He has the exact same cap number as Brandon Cooks. I don't think the Patriots would re-sign Brandon Cooks to a deal for long term, but I think they would for OBJ if they could get him at a, at a price that was decent. If I'm OBJ, I'm lobbying for it because one year with Tom Brady and then I can hit the open market, you know, that's going to be better than, you know, what if this Giants rebuilding year doesn't go? Because guess what? If this Giants rebuilding year doesn't go well, if I'm OBJ, guess who's going to get blamed for it? Him. He's going to get blamed for it, you know, whether whether it, it's fair or unfair. Like, he's going to take the heat. Not Eli Manning, not, you know, you saw last year. That's just... It's it's I, I feel like he could get it straightened out. I see a lot of Moss similarities, and I think you can do this without losing anything because odds are Brandon Cooks isn't going to be back next year. So if you get one, I, I would take the one year of OBJ over Cooks because I think the trajectory is higher, and I think you could flip-flop. Like I said, you give the Giants your first rounder, they give them your second rounder, everybody wins, you know? The, the only thing I think OBJ is guaranteed to, to deliver to whatever team he plays for is drama. That's what he <laughs> delivers. That's he. What, what's he done in the playoffs? He hasn't really done anything in the playoffs. The last thing the Patriots need now is more drama. I, as a Patriots fan, one of the underrated, uh, uh, one of the underrated things about this run under Belichick and Brady is that the biggest diva, as it turns out, has been the quarterback. We've had very few divas with the Patriots. That's that's been enjoyable. I've enjoyed that. The quarterback <laughs> is developing into a very big diva. I'm fine with that because I think mostly he's motivated by winning. 
I don't know about o- Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think winning is his primary motivation. And with with the state of the team at this point, the state of the locker room, as tenuous as it seems, he's the last thing that team needs. I, you know, you might be right. I don't know. I just, I have this feeling. I wouldn't say I'm hooked on it, but I just have this feeling that that's the type of player that Belichick would like. I think well, he, I could see and, it. I, and I and, and, and the move. I'm not seeing those. Randy Moss. Yeah. I and, and I just I could see the I could see it. Randy Mossing. I think a lot of people questioned the Randy Moss move when it was made. But and this is not a situation. If you had Brandon Cook signed for the next ten years, okay, uh, no way do you make this move. But when you're looking at it from, if they lose Odell Beckham Jr., they lose Brandon Cooks, they're going to get the same compensatory pick that they would get either way. You know what I mean? They're still going to get that third-round compensatory pick if they lose them lose uh, either one of those guys in free agency next year. Right. So to me, I think it's worth that shot because you don't, you know what you have with Brandon Cooks. Is he yeah. is is he gonna get you the home run and get you that next level like an OBJ could? I don't know. I think OBJ is just a, a little bit better player, and I think he would be out to prove that he could have a drama-free, good soldier year before he hit the market. You've seen a lot of guys do it. Darrell Revis got a big fat contract doing that, and if Darrell Revis can do it, I think OBJ can do it. Those are my I, thoughts. You know, that's that's my opinion. We welcome yours. You know, I just I just don't think he can pull it off for a full season. I don't see it. There's too many kicking nets on the sidelines. There's too many opportunities. You know, especially Brady's throwing the ball. He'll get a lot more touchdowns and more opportunities to lift his leg and embarrass himself and the team. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I you know, Cook Cooks. You know, I'll agree with you on this. I was surprised and a little disappointed with how one-dimensional he is. Yes. He's just run down the field and, and, you know, throw as far as you can and maybe he draws a flag and maybe he catches it. You're right. He's not He's not really that great over the middle. He's not. They try way too many gadget plays with him. He's not, you know, maybe now they have Cordero Patterson. They'll take, they'll give him that role. He seems to do pretty well in it and, and not have Cooks involved in it as much. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't need the, the locker room stuff, the sideline stuff, I think. And I I don't think Belichick really needs it either. And, you know, based on, you know, everything that we've seen the last few years, he, he doesn't seem to tolerate, he seems to tolerate that kind of stuff even less than he did before. So He said in, in interviews that he wants to coach the players that, you know, he wants to coach. Right. And I still feel, though, like, Again, with the Mutual Admiration Society, Belichick doesn't, you know, he talks about punters when he talks about somebody and talks about them glowingly. And a lot of times he talks about other teams' players way better than he talks about his own players. You know, I've never I've never he- heard him gush about Tom Brady the way he right. gushed about Odell Beckham Jr. in 2015. And, so, yeah, and that's part of the problem. With Bra- that's part of the reason I think Brady's starting to go off the reservation is yes. not getting the love that he, that he thinks he deserves. Right. He yeah, oh yeah, and, and he's also uber competitive, so that means he's probably starting to get, you know, uber paranoid at that same time. Well, I just, he's always had that chip yeah. on his shoulder, that's why he's been so good. That yeah. would also, but the way, my proposed deal, by the way, would basically take the Patriots from the 31st overall pick to the 34th overall pick and give them three second rounders, which helps their salary cap even more. That's going to save them like a million bucks, roughly. 
and uh, it, it allows them to do exactly what they did in 2014. You know, get everything they need in that second round. So you get your quarterback, you get your tackle, and you get your whatever with the other second round pick, and you're good. And you're, you make a good point on Patterson. Patterson could do the same thing that Cooks can, yeah. run straight down the field and hope he gets interfered with or just gets wide open. You know, he could easily do that. Yeah. I, I think OBJ just provides that inside threat, especially those screen passes that go nowhere all the time, and you're like, oh, my God, it's right there, and you can see it. I don't think you have to worry about I think he would take a lot of those that that Amendola maybe ran to the outside or, or whatever. I, I think OBJ would take a lot of those to the house a little bit more. I think Josh McDaniel would have a field day with him, but... You know, he'd still, he'd still, remember, he would still completely ignore the running game. So, you know, that would, that would still happen. <laughs> so that'd be the same. And that was, that was strictly for Nathan Fournier, who is a huge Josh McDaniels fan. So I wanted huge. to make sure that he knew that. Huge so, Josh. He's a big, he was the only guy in New England who was more mad that Josh McDaniels was coming back as opposed to leaving for Indy. Like he was the guy. It was so bad. Unbelievable. Ah. <sighs> Well, Randy, uh, previews and stuff, those those getting written? Or are you still wrapping up winter stuff? Like, what's the what's the well, deal? Well, I right was now? on the base lacrosse beat last week. Um, this week I'm on the World Pro Ski Tour beat, which is coming to, to Sunday River on Friday. Uh, and then the following week, I think, is when I really start diving into uh, spring sports, baseball, and so forth. We'll be starting to the previews this week and uh you know looking forward to uh talking to to the local baseball coaches some of my some of my favorite coaches and uh hopefully they'll be getting on the field here so uh you know i guess the weather looks like looks pretty good this week so maybe we can get started on on getting those fields ready and, and maybe we won't have have to all trek to kent hill every day for for the month of april well if we do maybe we should just look into carpooling you know like, Randy, yeah. if you go up there, Fayette Country Store, they got great uh, sandwiches. Oh, I, I've been in there. I haven't had a sandwich. I'll, I'll Is Fayette Country Store still open? I believe so. Yeah, there was oh, one yeah. that was for sale. Oh, good. Okay, there was one that was still, there was one that the old general uh, thing was, was not open. They did tell so. me one time that the Fayette Country Store, believe this, is just a little, you've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. Not much to it. Been there a few times. Over the summer, sells more beer than any other package store in the state of Maine. Really? I read wow. that somewhere. Man. <laughs> Believe that? I never would have known. I never would have known that Fayette well, was Well, there's all those lakes around there. People are stocking up. You know, they're going to be at camp for a couple weeks. Randy Whitehouse. What do you know? Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Catch him on Twitter, Raw Material 33 or online at sunjournal.com. Randy, thank you so much. Thanks, and, Randy. Uh, enjoy your opening week and uh, enjoy your Alex Cora. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. That's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. He joins us each and every Monday here on the B List. By the way, I don't. When we bring people on, I don't bring them on specifically to argue with either one of us. So this was nice that we each had like differing opinions oh, about OBJ. I like, it. I like it. It's good. I need that. And that was not staged differing opinions. No, that was not. You take this side. I take that side. I liked having another Red Sox fan to kind of counterbalance. Usually, everybody you bring in here is a Yankees fan. That's so. fine. No big deal. Haley will be in on Thursday. We'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. thank you. We're going to take a break. One more segment of the B-List coming up from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios, live at the corner of Center and Bradman. It's the B-List Daily across the MBR Radio Network.
If you owe the IRS back tax,